All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Remchuk. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. Whoop, whoop. Let's get into it with the lead. Well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences of my own actions. Um, all right. We got it. It's actually going to be delicious because I love Crown Royal. I've I've learned over the last 12 months that if I'm going to make a wager, might as well make it for something I actually enjoy doing. Shots of Crown Royal. I love it. I'm just turning up at noon on a Wednesday. Welcome into the Sports Closet Studio and a fresh episode of Oilers Nation. Every day we are streaming live on the Oilers Nation YouTube or the Century Mile Racetrack and Casino YouTube chat is popping. Rusty is in. First comment. Fantastic win. Dries on pace for 82 power play goals. Let's go Oilers. My pal Sergeant Battle. Big time dub. Offense powered up and ready to go. Defense still needs some work, but was definitely better. And uh, yeah, Tyler Mulek ready for some shots. So we'll we'll do that. We'll get to that in just a second here. Uh, We're also doing an at-home edition of the show today, which means I get to see the new setup for my co-host Liam, who's living in a new house. Oh, I love it. I love it. Liam giving or uh, giving some respect to who will likely be the next four Oilers inducted to the Ring of Honor. Yes, I, I think it would go in the order of of Penner through to Kane here. That's probably the the way it will go. But this is a very much makeshift studio. But I did just see the behind the scenes of your studio, Tyler. 
and I've never seen it before, I think I might steal your ideas. I think I might. What ideas do you like the most? The chair looks very comfortable. Um, I like the table you have in front of you. Mm-hmm. The flag, I think I have other ideas for, but I like the jersey hanging on the one side. And it it's a nice, nice little cove you got going on there. I didn't realize how little of space you actually use. Yeah, like for the people watching also, if you're in the Discord, you got a full tour of my basement last night um, while I was watching the game. But this corner is really only about four feet by maybe five feet. Like I'm, I really am tucked mm-hmm. in a little corner here, but hey, gets the job done. Sports Closet Studio. Sports Closet Studio is more of a state of mind, Liam. Uh, also, I got one of these bad boys. The blank version of the Heritage Classic jersey. And I think they look better than the ones with names on the backs. I like that the... There's no number in the logo here. Like it's just a very clean cut jersey. Yeah, it is. It is nice. We did think about that as well when uh, when it came out, wondering what it would look like. I do, I do like the look of it. I like them both. To be honest, I like everything that was kind of brought out about their heritage classic today, which I'm sure we'll get into eventually as well. Yeah, we'll talk about the heritage classic. We'll talk to Frank Saravalli coming up in 27 minutes on the nose. Frank has promised he will be here right at 1230. Uh, we're going to chat with him about what he's been up to at the NHL trade deadline. Um, but the Oilers are one and two. The 80 and two record for the year is firmly intact. It is still within reach. Um, and there was a lot to like about that hockey game. There was also a little bit to maybe not love about the effort the Oilers put forward. But hey, at the end of the day, it's a 6-1 victory for the Oilers with goals coming from a lot of different spots. But first, Liam. A bet is a bet. Mm-hmm. I, I'm doing this live, so no one thinks I'm just faking it. Not that I would. Um, so giddy up. What do you think? Well, the nice thing is last time you did a bet like this, you had really, really shaken with that cat food. So it's nice to see that you you got a smile on your face as you're about to face your own consequences. But I mean, how could you not with a good crown royal on a on a Wednesday afternoon? I know a lot of people were saying two shots for two goals. Um, listen, I think that's a bit much for 12 o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, but maybe if we hit like some insane amount of likes on the YouTube chat, I'd do it. Well, I did set the light goal today as 148. You may be wondering why 148, Liam? Well, 93 plus 18 plus 37 is 148. (laughs) If you, you know what, if the YouTube chat gets to 148, Liam, do you have a bottle of Crown at home? Um, I'd I'd have to have a look. I might have something in there. All right. Well, if you do, maybe you go look while while I'm chatting with Frank. If we yes. get to a how about this? If we get to 148. We each do a shot. Okay, I, I'll stick with that one. If we get to 148, we'll both do one. If I can find one. All right. There you go. Get uh get going on it. YouTube chat. We're at 48 right now, so we need exactly 100 more. Um, giddy up. Cheers. Shout out to our friends at Crown Royal. Look at that. Woo. That goes down smooth. Shout out to Crown Royal. Live generously with Crown Royal. We're going to have our Crown segment coming up Friday on the show. Mm, that's delicious. And it's compliments of depth scoring, Liam, which was a big story from last night. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously this is the big headline of the mayor of Smashville, but it was all about what the rest of the boys could do last night. And that second line, we, we've obviously joked about it, but was very good. And they showed up in a magnificent way for this team. And it was an all-around performance that the Oilers needed, I really think. And I know it's only three games into the season, but to, to have that belief back in the system of being like, we actually can d- 
dominate teams is uh, is a very very good thing. All good over there. <laughs> I probably should have had something to eat today before I did that. A lot of people were saying that should have been on the list today. A hot dog, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Oh my god, I have. I've had nothing to eat. There you go. Uh, that was lingering a little bit for me. Uh, but giddy up. Shout out to Crown Royal. A bet is a bet. Uh, I want to start our breakdown of last night's game with with the mayor of Smashville, Liam. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's inevitable. It, Leon Dreisaitl, elected for another term in the fine city of Nashville. He was as advertised, as expected in last night's hockey game. The dude had three points by the end of the first period. Predators fans must just be sitting there rolling his, rolling their eyes. Um, yeah, that, that was just... It was spectacular. And we're going to talk to Frank about this a little bit um, because it really is one of those, one of these streaks. Like it's unmatched across the league. Like no one else has been doing this, but it was great to just see Leon Drysettle dominate the way he did again. Like it's, it's, you just sit and laugh. I, I, I did. I actually did sit and laugh. And I think the last time this happened, I sat there and laughed too. But the nice part about it, I don't know about you, Tyler. I, uh, I went on Betway and I wagered quite a bit on basically every single prop that I could have Leon Dreisaitl yesterday. And he hit them all. And he, it's just, it's wild to think how dominant he is. But to be honest, it's not even, I know it is just Nashville, but he's had a pretty good start to the season offensively too. So it's nice to see Leon in full stride as the Soilers team looks to, to have a big season. And, you know, you play next to Connor McDavid, but not everyone can perform there. And I know Leon's a special player, but every time he goes with McDavid, he figures it out. He's a he's a very good talent to have, and I I love his I love his interviews. Like I know he's got a bit of a, a sassy yeah. attitude. Some might say pissy. Some might say pissy. Um, but I love it. It's good to have that personality. I think. Hey, let's uh, take a listen into what Leon Drysdale had to say after the game. No player and team that have such a run going in the league right now as you do against Nashville. Like you. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I can't explain it. I get. I get this asked a lot. Um, kind of sick of it. Not gonna lie, but um, you know, it's um, sometimes it's just. I have the same answer every time, man. It's, it's annoying. Like it's. Uh, you know, sometimes it works better against certain teams than other teams, and um, I'm sure there's going to be a time where where it comes to an end too, and um, hopefully, hopefully, I can drag it out a couple more games, but um, we'll see. Only Leon Dreisaitl would be annoyed by his own success. Like, God damn it. He probably scored that like second goal and was like, son of a bitch. I'm going to have to answer questions about this, aren't I? There's another layer to this too. He said the Oilers power play record last night. He did. Was it 127 power play goals is now yep. Leon Dreisaitl's power play record? Like, it's it's crazy how quickly he's done it, right? Like, I know Ryan Smith left for a while, but I'll, I'll never forget that last game as an Edmonton Oiler that they had where he was just chasing that goal to get it to get the extra one and seemed like he was on the ice for 60 minutes to be honest and leon here he is what is he 28 years old maybe that's even too old and he he has the record that thing is gonna get absolutely smashed and probably never touched again probably not like he might double it i don't think that's an unrealistic thing like if he's an oiler for his career he's at 128 power play goals already i think 200 and oh my god tyler why'd you set yourself up to do math 256 yeah, 256 fire play goals. Like, I, I wouldn't put it past him, man. He's just going to keep racking them up. Well, how many is he going to get this year? Probably 25 more? At least. Probably, yeah. It was, Here we are, game three. 
<laughs> Leon Dreisaitl, yeah, he already has three on the season. So, like, what you can't put anything past him. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, absolutely spectacular. He had 32 power play goals last year. So, if you say 30 power play goals a year, even it just for five more years of his peak, we'll say there's a there's 150 right there. Like it's it's unbelievable what this guy does. Um, the Oilers' top power play unit. What I loved about that first dry side goal was he got stopped on his signature play. Right, they fed it to him, and Soros read it wonderfully. One of the few things Soros did read wonderfully in uh, in that hockey game, and stopped him. What do the Oilers do? Say, okay, cool. You figured out our a move. You're hitting our you're hitting our fastball. Here comes the curveball. Drysaddle moves to the front of the net. Him and Hyman with the little give and go. Bing, bing, back of the net. It, it was beautiful, man. It, it's poetry yeah. in motion. I know that's a little cliche, but it really is. Because those guys, it's like, okay, yeah, you think you know what we're doing? Boom, switch up. Totally different thing. It's what makes him so dangerous. So Leon Drysaddle, a big, big story from that hockey game. Leon Drysaddle setting the Oilers' power play goal record is our Alberta Blue Cross moment of the game, there's only one thing better than sharing memories, and that is making new ones. Alberta Blue Cross Travel Insurance protects your memories and more wherever your travel takes you, like to Seattle on a nation vacation. Bluecross.ca slash travel for more information. Shout out to Alberta Blue Cross. Um, yeah, why is Kyle on the McDavid second one? Connor passed it off the boards. Like, I mean, they were just buzzing last night. The Oilers stars really came to play, but so did some other players. Uh, let's get into it. It's our Sherwood Ford giant victory points after an Oilers win we go through what drove them to victory and Sherwood Ford they can drive you to victory if you go head in big big lot used cars new cars whatever you need Sherwood Ford the giant has got you covered here are your giant victory points depth scoring at five on five Liam uh, the Oilers second line I was obviously nervous about it I was very vocal about that Mm -hmm. Made, made a little wager about that I didn't think they had enough outside of that nuclear top line to produce offense and boy did they prove me wrong? Ryan Nugent Hopkins from Warren Fogle and Zach Hyman, and then Warren Fogle from Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman as we get a look at one of those goals. I know some people were saying they scored three times. New, oh, or, uh, wow. That first Hyman goal had dry saddle on the ice. Doesn't count as a depth goal. Mm -hmm. But the other two definitely do. So props to that Oilers second line. They look good, and, and they competed really, really hard. I, I was impressed with them. Like I'm fully willing to admit I was wrong about that line last night. Can they do it consistently? We'll see. We'll see. Um, but that first game, nine minutes together on the ice, outscoring the opposition two to nothing. Shot attempts were 10 to seven. I thought they were tenacious on the forecheck. I thought Zach Hyman honestly might have been the best player on that line last night as well with the way he was forcing turnovers. There was just flat out a ton to like. Yeah, there really was. And I think the thing I liked the most about it was that Warren Fogel scored so early into the season. If you remember back to last year, it was taking him a while to get anything going, right? So hopefully this is kind of a, a good thing for Fogel. And I believe last season too, once he got elevated to that top six, his game elevated too. Like Warren Fogel is a good player. I just don't think he can be the best player on his line. Like maybe they need him to be on that third line, right? So I think that's the way it's got to be for them. At the same time, you know who else I liked in that hockey game? The Oilers' third line. Dylan Holloway, Ryan McLeod, and Connor Brown. Uh, shots were 6-3 to three with that trio on the ice. Now, the caveat to that is that Connor Brown had a couple of shots from just far out in the third period, so that did kind of skew their numbers a little bit. But still, I actually thought Connor Brown looked okay on that line. His 
him on the wing with two speedsters in McLeod and Holloway actually seemed to play pretty well. So I was encouraged by both the second and third line last night, Liam. Maybe Jay Woodcroft was onto something going with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl together. Also, I want to bring this into something Tyler Mulek commented the other day. He, he dropped in a hot take and said the Oilers should have spent either the Hyman money or the Kane money to go get a high-end second-line center and maybe you could just afford then to run McDavid and Drysaddle together all the time. I think maybe if, if we go the, a good chunk of this season and it's clear the Oilers want to keep McDavid and Drysaddle together, maybe that becomes a sneaky deadline ad. Someone to really anchor the second line with Nugent Hyman. And if you go out and get a high-end second-line center, maybe someone who's really good in their own end, covers a little bit of a PK hole in your lineup as well, then boom, you can maybe get away with playing McDavid and Drysaddle together more. Yeah, similar to, in a way, trying to get Ryan O'Reilly like Toronto did last season, I guess you could say something like that. I just, that spot isn't going to open up with that player until later on in the season. But also, like, Nuge is a 100-point guy, right? Like, maybe he can kind of fill that role throughout the season as well and see what happens. But I, I, I do like that line together. Um, all right, there was Dackies in the YouTube chat. Could Kane and Brown find themselves on the third line? Holloway get a shot? At the first line, I see. And I think you need to switch up the way you think about the Oilers a little bit like first, second, third, fourth line. No, I think there's a top line. I think there's a middle six. I think there's a fourth line. I think that's the way this Oilers lineup is layered. So, yeah, would I like to see Holloway get a shot with McDavid and Drysaddle? Absolutely. And then maybe you go Evander Kane and Connor Brown as a trio. Maybe they work with Ryan McLeod. They're still going to get minutes. Like I'm looking at the way the forward lines were deployed yesterday. Granted, blowout wins. So the minutes are going to shrink together. But that Ryan McLeod line played nine minutes and 19 seconds. They played more than the Nuge line together as a trio. So, yeah, I, I think we'll see a lot of jumbling throughout the season with all of these guys. Um, wouldn't surprise me one bit to see Dylan Holloway eventually. Maybe it's five, six, seven, maybe it's 10 games from now. But I wouldn't surprise me to see Dylan Holloway get a look up on that top line. And Jay Woodcroft, next time they lose, maybe he just jumbles them up again. I, again, I want to see some consistency with the lines, but I also understand that probably has to come hand in hand with winning to some extent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I think, I don't know. I would like to see these three lines just stay together for a while. I guess four lines too. I don't see them adjusting it that much, but I would just say go 11 and seven. If you want to really experiment on some things, to be honest, like Adam Ernie got in a fight last night. Right. But I think that's just something people kind of forgot about. I did until this exact moment, but Vincent Heonay needs to get in the lineup a little bit too. So maybe that's that's a way Woodcroft can experiment at some points. But right now, I, I honestly would not put Holloway on that line. I think I think the thing about Holloway right now is he's actually doing a really good job on the third line. I know Evander Kane's struggling, but Evander Kane is going to find more success on the first line than if he gets demoted to the third line. Might even take it a bit too personally. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you a question, but then I'm just going to answer it myself, Liam. Uh, do you want to know what the shots were in the game when Yan, Mark, Ryan, and Ernie were on the ice? You don't want to know what they were because it's ugly. The shots were nine to one at five on five in favor of the Preds. Yeah, that's uh, it. Not, not very good, was it? I, I don't know. That line was just so irrelevant to me. But do you know what? I was thinking about it as I was actually watching the game, because I noticed him in the third period when the game was gone and they were playing a lot more. Like, I don't think Adam Ernie is as much as a staple on this team by any means. I would honestly be very, very shocked if he played 
majority of games this season. I think that's a spot the others are just going to like rotate a lot of players through from Bakersfield. You got to think they have Love Wire. I'm sure at some point this season they want to give a shot at playing there. Like I think it was Bruce Kerlock was saying how well he's been playing. And it was a couple of other people there too in Bakersfield who have said he's had a really good start to the season. Sam Garnier, I'm sure at some point will get an opportunity. Like that fourth line is just such a it's such a throwaway line, which is kind of silly to have at the same time, especially when you look at a team like Vegas, who have a very strong fourth line, I would say. But mm-hmm. to me, it is almost irrelevant to the game in some ways. Yep. John says, at least there's depth now. A few years back when McDavid and Drysaddle were on a line, the middle six was unplayable. And yeah, I, I do agree. Like, again, McDavid, Drysaddle, Kane actually low-key got caved at five on five. I, I still <laughs> think they played fine. They had some really good moments. They faced tough matchups. And also a big part of it is score effects. Like you look at the Oilers getting out shot the way they did when you're down three, nothing four, one, five, one, six, one in a game, you throw every puck on net. You're just trying to get some form of momentum going. That's probably why a lot of these numbers look the way they do. Right. And, and even from a Nashville perspective, you're trying to get a bunch of gravy matchups when you're down by that many, which is maybe part of the reason why the fourth line got caved as bad as they did. Like looking at who Ernie spent most of his time on the ice against, like, yeah, he he got a good amount of that and Evangelista Nyquist Novak line. Okay, that right there, that that's a line that Nashville wants to produce offense. They went heavy playing them against the Oilers' fourth line, trying to really win that matchup. Uh, McDavid went head to head with the Predators' top line. He spent nine minutes and forty eight seconds head to head against O'Reilly last night. So um, some of its score effects. So I wouldn't read or worry too much about shots against, especially when you're evaluating the Oilers' blue line. Uh, but one thing last night did with that number of shots. And I feel bad that I went 19 minutes without giving him some love. Jack Campbell was absolutely exceptional in that hockey game. The Oilers don't win that game 6-1 if it's not for Jack Campbell. The Oilers don't get off to the start they do if it's not for Jack Campbell. He was incredible. 977 save percentage. Boom. Just like that is save percentage on the year, Liam. It's back up to a 915. We all forget about that first game. Um, he was great. That Scorpion save came at a very, very crucial moment for them. Um, Early on, first eight, nine minutes of the game, the Oilers were getting hammered and he stood tall and made a lot of saves that if they would have gone in, we would have sat here today and been like, that one's not on Jack. That one's not on Jack. That one's not on Jack. But instead, he played like a number one goalie last night and gave them a chance to stay in the game early. Jack Campbell was absolutely incredible. You take the preseason, you take that game last night. He he wasn't amazing against Vancouver, but we all agree that wasn't really on him. It was a little on him, but not really all on him. I I really like what we got from Jack. Yeah, it was a it was a great bounce back game, and I, you know, we saw it last season to start the year. He struggled big time in trying to gain any momentum, and the fact he came in and what were the shots like six nothing, four five nothing, whatever in the first few yeah, minutes, and he made a bunch of saves. Like I'm not fully convinced if Jack Campbell didn't play the way he did that the Oilers would have won that game. You know, like it felt like they got goals at, at important times for themselves. And then Campbell backed it up with some huge saves. Like you said, that Scorpion save, that would have been two goals in a minute or two, whatever it would have been. And there was the one in the third period too, where he kind of comes across and he saves it with his stomach a little bit on a bit of a, an empty tap into the back post. So Campbell was amazing. I think you could argue outside of the LA Kings game, which would have been what game three, I think it would have been game four, whatever. That might have been his best game as an Edmonton Oiler. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It's it's yeah. definitely up there. 
Um, I'm just looking to see what his best save percentages were in starts. I mean, he shut out Anaheim, but that's not the most impressive thing in the world. That was only the, in games he started, that was only his fifth regular season start with a save percentage above 950. The other one's coming against St. Louis, where he only faced 21 shots. San Jose, Anaheim, and Anaheim. Bunch of bottom feeders. So actually, Liam, yeah, mm. regular season. I mean, yeah, I think you're right. That's his best start as an oiler, which is crazy. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm putting into that as well. Like, when were those Anaheim games? Weren't they like December, January, that kind of stuff? And also Anaheim, but... It's an important start. The Oilers were 0-2 to start the season and needed yeah. a win so bad. If they were going 0-3 into Philadelphia, it, it I don't think it would have mattered if they had lost in a shootout last night. It would have been a terrible, terrible result. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jack Campbell, incredible. Uh, also, I thought the Bouchard-Eckholm pairing had a very, very good bounce back together. Um, when they were on the ice, positive things were happening. So I, I was really impressed with the way the two of them played, just double checking their numbers together in 12 minutes, 39 seconds on the ice. The shots were nine, nine shot attempts, 15, 10 in favor of the Oilers the goals were one, nothing. And they started nine of their 16 zone starts came in the defensive zone. So got some pretty tough matchups started on the wrong side of the ice a lot. And even though the Oilers got out shot pretty handedly, they still managed to put up some pretty respectable baseline numbers last night. Mm-hmm. I thought they were much better. Matthias Ekholm was very active in the offensive zone. You could tell he wanted to find the back of the net. But what we saw last night was a pairing that they're at their best when they're being aggressive, not back on their heels. And I think they were maybe back on their heels a little bit too much against the Vancouver Canucks. When those two were aggressive, jumping up in the rush, and especially because they do get a lot of time with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. That was their most common forward line sent out on the ice with last night. But when they're aggressive, it's just too much of a handful for the other team. Yeah, they they are. Because they're just such intelligent players, I, I think, you know, and they're able to, to do whatever they want when they're on the game. And I think the rest of the blue line, the thing I was looking for the most last night, though, was an effort. In the off- in the defensive zone, I think we saw that more often than not. And that was that was the biggest takeaway for me was just the, the work ethic the others had defensively more than anything. Yeah, uh, last night the most common opposition line for Bouchard and Ekholm was the top pair, so they did draw the heaviest matchups and still put up some pretty respectable numbers on the night as a whole. Uh, so I was impressed with the bounce back from Ekholm and Bouchard. Brett Kulak didn't have the best stat line. But I found myself three or four times in that hockey game kind of walking away going, oh, nice play by Kulak. Whoa, he broke up a play there. Yep. Oh, he was in the right position there. Good physical play by Kulak. Like, I thought Brett Kulak had himself a really stellar hockey game, even if there was a gaff or two. There was a great play he made. I don't know who the forward was for Nashville, but he like came across with his stick and essentially knocked the puck off, which would have been tapped into an empty net. So that's the stuff you want Kulak to do, right? I don't think he's ever going to be a guy who's whose numbers look great every single night, right? But sometimes it's not even about the numbers looking exceptional. It's like, what did you do like to to impact the game a little bit too, yeah. right? And that that game cha- that play changed the outcome of the game. Yeah. Uh, Liam, can we put a poll in the chat or Aaron? Someone put a poll in the chat. Who should start on Thursday against Philadelphia? I think it's Jack. I think it's easily Jack, but I think there's an interesting case and someone just said... Um, Oh, uh, where was it? I just had the comment. It was basically like, can you imagine as much as you want to play Jack? Can you imagine if you played Skinner and he had a bounce back too? How good you'd feel about the goaltending? Yeah, but do we need to play the if the if game? But like, let's just go. Let's just go with what we know. 
Jack Campbell was fantastic and he earned the opportunity to play in goal against Philadelphia Flyers on Thursday. I just go back to soup for this one. Yeah, Rusty says Kulak and Brobeans were decent. That's all we need from them. Yep, Kyle says Jack's net. A different Kyle, they commented back to back, kind of weird. Also said it's soup. Um, that I am. Really- um, the one thing, sorry, I forgot to add, this didn't really happen until the third period, but there was a couple of times Broberg made some good plays with his feet and was able to like get some things flowing a little bit. Like, seems to be getting a little bit more comfortable. He's playing around 14 minutes a night for the team. Last night, obviously, third period was very much wide open, but saw glimpses for the first time in a while that Philip Broberg has got a little bit of something to his game. Yep. All right, last thing we want to talk about in our Sherwood Ford Giant victory points, that Connor McDavid goal. Oh. I love I love Jack Michaels. I think he went a, I think he went a little crazy on this one. <laughs> um, I also understand the old saying, you need to be good to be lucky and lucky to be good. Uh, AB, do we have the clip? Can we watch it? The best part about this, Bruce Kerlock made the point, and I saw Tyler Mueller commenting about it too. The best part about this was his back check. Like the play goes back the other way and look at McDavid just get on his horse, recognize that it's a three on two forming immediately diffuse the situation. Boom back the other way. And I mean, listen, this is luck. Nashville <laughs> played that horribly. McDavid got tripped up. Probably lucky. There wasn't even a call on that potentially because it would have negated it, but like boom falling. And then the pucks right there and you can pick it up in a weird way in stride, even though you were getting up. This must have just driven the Predators insane. Like, come on. We're going... Dreisaitl's killing us. McDavid is the best player in the league. They don't need any help. And the hockey gods go, and break away for Connor. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, What did Michael say? This might be his best goal ever. I... Jack, come on. You know that's not his best goal ever. It's it's a very good goal. When Connor McDavid's career is done, it might sneak in at like the 9-10 spot. But there's nothing beating that New York Rangers goal for me. That goal was unbelievable. Even the Columbus goal was special. So it was, uh, it's, this was when he brought that up, I thought about how oh, should we debate this on the show? But then they went and won 6 1. So there's a lot more to talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Alex says that was as much luck and skill. Uh, again, he, he tripped and <laughs> fell down. And when he stood up, the puck was somehow on his stick. And not from any great play, no foresight of banking it off the boards as he's falling. Like the Nashville defenseman terribly misplayed that puck. That's yeah. all that was. Yeah, it was. A, it was a great goal. I love to see it, but I I don't know. Doesn't compare to the rest of them. Yeah, I also understand in the moment, like when you watched it Me live, too. it was kind of like, holy shit, what just happened? Yeah. I understand Jack getting uh, getting a little bit fired up, but it. it was also great to hear our boy Jack back on the call. Oh yeah, big. T- I- it's no coincidence. You know, there's one with Jack Michaels on the mic. <laughs> uh, Daki says, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Liam, I won $4 on a lottery ticket this morning. Well, my lottery ticket was Leon Dreisaitl last night. So I. <laughs> oh, man. We talked on Friday with Bag Milk about uh, the old shame deposit into a betting account. Last night, it was a withdrawal night for your rem truck. Pay up, Betway. Yep. You and me both. I'm, I spoke to Aaron about this. I had so much belief in dry saddle last night. I emptied the clip. Everything I wasn't I wasn't even that low, I'll be honest. I just knew dry saddle was gonna show up. And we got it all. We're we're living lucky today. We are living lucky today. We are. Uh did I did I show you guys the bets I won last night? I was he I was hot. Hot. 
no, I, 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 like I said, I only bet dry saddle. So I'm, I'm not sure what you bet on outside of that. I, I had a few things going. A lot of it involved lean on dry saddle and Connor McDavid. So it was a, uh, a good night for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, a lot of it was inspired actually by our pre-gaming with boardsy picks. Um, if you're missing out on the pregame show, you're missing out. You should be watching hour up until puck drop every single game. Uh, giddy up. Oilers win big 6-1. And everyone can take a nice deep breath. We can calm down, Liam. We can calm down. Um, there's a couple fan bases, though, that are not calming down at all. We're going to talk about that and more with our NHL insider, Frank Saravalli. His appearances are brought to you by Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company, starmechanical.ca. If you want more info, Mr. Saravalli, how are you doing? There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, boys. Uh, home studios today? We yeah, end the day. It was a late night for our, for our boy producer, Aaron, doing post game. So uh, we, we use this as an excuse to stay home on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Avoid the grind. Yes, of course. <laughs> where, where the hoodie when I'm in the home studio too. Uh, Frank, we were talking about Leon Drysettle's absolute dominance of the Nashville Predators. Um, we also played the clip of him after the game being like, I'm sick of talking about it. It's hilarious and very on brand for Leon Drysettle to yes. be annoyed with his own success. Quite, quite pissy with yeah. the the question and answer. And and he knew it was coming, but I mean I think part of the reason why there's some frustration there is there's no way to explain it. There really is. It's such a statistical oddity. It's crazy. Like Maybe it's just one of those things where, you know, you have so many good feelings in that building, so many good feelings against that team that anytime you see them, you know, you, you, I don't know. You ever get this feeling on like a golf hole that you play repeatedly, or yeah. I'm just trying to think of another real world example where you can point to and say, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I'm going to, I'm going to crush this. I know what I'm doing here and I'm going to murder it. Yeah, that's fair. It also mm-hmm. brings up the conversation. McDavid and Dries had to look good together. Frank, maybe at the deadline, the Oilers look for a second line center. Your thoughts. 
Uh, we're not going there. And and no, I, I think in some ways I was definitely surprised. It took the second period of game one to see those two guys back together. I just don't think it's their long-term recipe for success. I agree I, with you. I, I, agree. I think keeping them split up is the play over the course of 80 games. I think if you're down by a goal in the third, if it's game seven of a series, then like, sure. But I think over the stretch of a season, you need to keep the other guys in the lineup going. The good thing for the Oilers last night, though, was that New Chiman and Fogel looked like a legitimate second line. They did. And just to put a bow on the thought process, because this also does become a tired debate, I, I think you need to avoid going to that well. I think if you're Jay Woodcroft, it has to only be truly in break glass in case of emergency status. I kind of view going back to McDavid and Drysettle together as like, if you're trying to wean your kid off of the pacifier, Mm. every time they cry, you can't just give it to them because they'll never be able to move on. And it's not, that's not the emotional component or calling the Oilers babies. That wasn't what I was getting at. But the point is the only way to truly get past it is to say, you know what? No, we, we chucked those things in the garbage. We're, we're moving on and you have to be able to go and find your way elsewhere. And so that's kind of how I look at it. Um, it, it becomes a crutch. It becomes too easy to go to. And I do, I think you're right. Like special circumstances late in a game, uh, game seven, whatever it might be, you need a jolt in a playoff series, but knowing you can always go back to that is a really powerful thing to have in your back pocket to go to it in game one period. Two of the regular season is probably not the look and thought you want to send everyone else. Uh, Liam, do you see how many likes we're at in the YouTube chat? No, I've been too distracted on our guest. I'm trying to focus, Tyler. I don't look at I my know, phone when it rings. Now me. I'm rattled. Frank, uh, yesterday on the show, I was not happy about the way Jay Woodcroft had his lines. And I said, if the new Chime and Fogel line scored a five on five goal, I'd do a shot of Crown Royal on the show today. Um, so they did. And then people in the chat were like, well, they scored two. So you got to do two. So Liam and I said, if we get to 148 likes, that we would do a shot at the end of the show as well. And we just hit 148 likes. So it's all right, well, uh, hold on. I'll do one with you here. Wait, oh, can we wait? Oh, no. <laughs> I got to find mine. See, yeah. this one has a dent in it like yours. We already uh, may or may not have, you know, gotten there at some <laughs> point. Um, and Liam's just gone. All right. <laughs> Things are going well today on Oilers Nation every day. 148, um, right. though. Come on. We need to get higher than that. I will go right from the bottle if we can get to 250. Oh, by the, I mean, by the end of my hit. There's 265 people watching on the stream right now, so we could very easily get there if everyone just commits and stays focused. Um, although I'm pretty sure my dad is one of the viewers, and I'm not sure if he knows where the like button is. So come on, Ross. Let's, uh, let's figure that one out. <laughs> Frank, there are some fan bases in the Pacific Division that are right now maybe drinking their sorrows away. And nice it's mainly segue. This- Look at you. What a professional. Yeah. Uh, it's mainly the Seattle Kraken. They can't score, and I don't think it's going to get any better. I, I if I think you're right, and I was I was going to say if I'm, you know, I, I heard the detailed argument you made today on Daily Faceoff Live, and I thought it was really well said. In that you've got all of these guys that really hit the pinnacle of their career, and probably even maxed out 
the expectations of what they can do in the NHL. McCann, 40 goals. Sprong, 20-plus. He's not back this year. I said 18 skaters, all 18 skaters with 20 or more points. You said, what was it? 13 guys with 10 or more goals. Is that right? Yeah. 13, uh, 13 guys with 12 or more goals. <laughs> like that's a bananas total. So to think that all of those things were going to come together again in short order, um, at the same time that they really outran a lot of their goaltending problems last year, I, I think it's way too early to make any sort of firm declaration. But I guess what I'll say is, I kind of feel pretty good about not having the Kraken in the playoffs. Yeah, I do as well. That was one of my uh, predictions at the beginning of the year was, uh, <laughs> oh, Liam's back. Uh, was that the Seattle Kraken are not going to make the postseason? It's just a con. Oh, you do have some at home. Attaboy. Way to keep it stocked. There is no, he four- actually just ran to the liquor store right now. <laughs> there is four cases in uh, four glass balls in the, in the liquor cabinet here. I just found <laughs> one of them's apple. <laughs> no, we can't do Apple. Apple's no good. Yeah, this, we're no, crowned really over real. Um, yeah, the Seattle Kraken, that, that's very worrisome, especially in a competitive division. You, you just get the sense that if they fall behind early, it's going to be too hard of a hold to climb out of. Um, another thing I wanted to hit on with you, Frank, this came up today. We touched on it as well on Daily Face Off Live, which people should be watching every day at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Um, the idea of decentralizing the NHL draft is suddenly being floated around. This feels like it's kind of coming out of nowhere, but what's the thought process behind moving away from what the league has done for decades? Yeah, so the NHL sent a memo to all 32 teams this morning, and it was very simple. It was kind of old school. It was almost like a poll. It was, what would you like to see for the NHL draft moving forward? Please check a box and return. No comments, no whatever. Just check a box and let us know. Keep things status quo as the way we've always done it or decentralize the draft and essentially have each team continuing to operate in a virtual manner with uh, you know, them in their home bases, in their war rooms, as opposed to going to each draft city. I love it because... I think in some ways it's so disadvantageous to have everyone right in the same room. And this is a lot of people would be sitting here saying, Frank, you're an idiot. You're a media guy. You want everyone here. You want all these transactions. You want everyone in one city. But what I'll say is just look at the last few years at the draft. The second those teams walk into the building, they're mostly paralyzed. They don't want to make a move. They don't want the scrutiny. They don't want people watching them call another GM or talking face-to-face. They hate that even if they're just chit-chatting about, hey, man, the coffee in here is really good, that somehow someone is like, oh, this guy is trading so-and-so to this guy, or they're talking about whatever it might be. I think you'd be able to get so much more business done with with a GM to sit in his war room and openly ask his is team. Hey, what should we do here? What are our options? Should we pull the trigger on this? I think it'll produce more results. I have a feeling how many teams will react and say that they should change it. I just don't know if it's going to be in time for 2024 or not, but it is interesting that the league has not announced yet this year's draft location, which is believed to be Vegas. Would it be similar to the NFL then, where they actually still have a host city? Or do you think the NHL would just do it in wherever they are? 
Yeah, so it would be a host city where you basically have a celebration of these teams. You bring the top, pick a number, 50 mm -hmm. prospects. You make it a one-night thing, um, and you do it in prime time that is is different than the feel of you know yesteryear, but maybe you have more in-depth features of you know learning about some of these prospects and their stories as opposed to just this sort of rapid-fire, you know, boom, 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 and then this day two where everyone feels like they just want to, you know, bang their head against the table. Uh, Tyler and I have been there for a few of these day twos and it is, it's not very fun. Yeah. I've covered two NHL drafts drafts. Now the first time you're like, this is unbelievable. This is so much fun. Even day two, you're watching the GMs. The second time you cover an NHL draft, I went and took a nap in rounds four and five back at our hotel <laughs> and then came back. For, I don't think you should day. tell anyone that <laughs> speaking of avoiding the grind. And it also may not have been a like a total regular nap. It might have been like no. a, hey, I need to get myself back on the tracks today. <laughs> Too many shots of Crown Royal the night before in Nashville kind of nap. Um, I like this comment on the Facebook from Dooley. Uh, Frank, I know you saw the Connor McDavid goal last night that everyone was talking about. He says, what was more smooth, the 97 spin and stand up or Trey Turner sliding home? Mm probably mcdavid but it's close and i don't know what did you guys already talk about this like this is not it's not even doesn't even register in his top 10 i don't think it registers in his top 20 okay Ooh. top 20 there you go i it yeah. just it doesn't it was just all luck based and it's great opportunity putting yourself in the right position creates that luck but still yeah well, uh, out of curiosity, what what's your number one McDavid goal, Frank? What do you think takes the top? Probably that one against the Rangers. Yeah. One against five. Yeah. 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 Yep. That's, yeah, that's fair. the one that stands out for me. I don't know. There's been so many, though, honestly. <laughs> uh, our boy Carter is in the chat and says, where else but E-Town will folks gather around a stream and try to get three guys to take a shot at 1230 in the afternoon? <laughs> It's a little bit better than Frank. At least it's 2.30 where Frank Yeah, I know. Well, I'm inching closer towards 5 o'clock here. I feel pretty good about this. Yeah, you'll be fine. Uh, but we are only at 2.30 right now as uh, we continue to cruise along on 2.30? We need more than that? We need Pardon? to get to 2.50? Is that what we said, right? Yeah. Yeah, you said 2.50. Mash the like button, would you? <laughs> uh, how, much, how much should I do? Oh, I mean... I'm just going to hold it back and see what flows down. <laughs> I, I I would prefer an ice cube if we're being <laughs> totally honest. And I, I put the shot glass in the freezer before I did the one to start the show. And that was a good decision because it went down. It went down pretty nice, I will say. All right. Um, all right, Frank, I wanted to head out east and pick your brain about a few things. Buffalo Sabres got a big win last night, but they almost blew it. They were in a similar spot to the Edmonton Oilers where they started the season 0-2. I mean, the difference is, I think Oilers fans are sitting there going, hey, we know we're a cup contender. This is going to be fine. In Buffalo, probably a little bit more pressure because it's a relatively unproven team trying to get to the playoffs for the first time as a group. Um, and they persevered. Like, they really grinded through there after blowing the lead late and dominated overtime. That win there is probably the most significant win of the night. I know it's early game three of the season, right? But I think Buffalo really showed something last night. I agree. The way they blew it, they could have easily folded and said, man, things are never going to go right for us. This is the same old Buffalo Sabres. And maybe it is after game 82. Maybe they don't make it this year. But 
I think process over everything else matters. And it feels like the vibe has changed there. It feels like they're a totally different franchise now. Don Granato has a huge, huge role in that. Just spend time watching his post-game chat with the team. Like, I don't want to say, you know, every coach is different and Rod Brindamore is his own guy. And, and you know, each coach has a different way of motivating, but Don Granato has a cult of uh, loyal followers that are on board that Buffalo train that I think he deserves as much credit as Kevin Adams for where that team is heading. Yeah, and maybe a Patty Kane addition is going to be the spark they need in November? That would be pretty awesome. Um, It was really interesting yesterday. So I (laughs) I reported that, look, it's not an exhaustive list. Keep an eye on these teams that, um, you know, will will likely be in the mix for Taylor Hall. And I pointed out three of them. Uh, The New York Rangers getting a redo now that he's healthy. the Buffalo Sabres hometown team. And then the Detroit Red Wings were the team that was really surprising to me because I'm thinking why Detroit, like no one really has them in contender mode. Like even the Sabres, it's kind of a stretch to be a contender. You got to be a playoff team first, mm-hmm. but you could at least connect the dot. Cause you're like, Oh, it's his hometown and they can end this crazy playoff drought. But I'm like Detroit really. And the answer I got back was Alex to he really likes playing with him and likes the creativity and chemistry that they had together and would kind of like to see that continue. So look, there will be other teams that will be in the mix, Dallas, Florida, you know, pick a team that's in that's squarely in contender status, Colorado. I mean, there's a lot of different options out there, but those are three that I would point out and say They've got a real good chance. Uh, by the way, so I was saying really interesting, the feedback I got on social media, people were like, Patrick Kane passed his prime. Why would Mm -hmm. we waste a roster spot on this guy? And I'm like, have you watched the videos of this hip resurfacing surgery that he had and how good he looks? That was bothering him for the last two years you don't judge Patrick Kane off of his production for the last couple of years. He was a shell of himself. You got to judge him. I'm not saying he's absolutely going to get back to being hundred point guy, but I see no reason why Patrick Kane can't be point per game more better. And especially on a bargain value contract this year, as he tries to figure it out. Um, our guy, Daki was in the chat and he dropped in a comment, you know, kind of tying in. Maybe Duncan Keith can put in a good word for the Edmonton Oilers. Do you see any shot? Like, I mean, they do have space on the right side if they want it, if they wanted them, right? Yeah, I, I would just say the need definitely isn't as pronounced as it was last year and beyond before Connor Brown got there. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I just he's probably coming in at like a million bucks and Almost any team in the league can find a way to make that happen. So yeah. would he consider a, you know, a six month stay in Edmonton? Maybe seven months. Yeah. He also I think weeks away from decision time, right? Like if someone goes down with a contender and I'm not even just saying Edmonton, but if someone were to get hurt with another contender and open up a spot, then all of a sudden maybe that changes. Who's really going to push hard for a guy like Kane. I, 
you name it, there any team out there that's in the mix is why wouldn't you? It's a free player for I'm thinking, and a lot of people are thinking very little money. Yeah, it's not like he's going trying to chase the bag up those career earnings at all. He's not after a hundred and some million bucks that he's earned, and more to the point, you come out this year and have a great last five, six, seven months of the year, and you can just cash in next summer when the cap goes up. Yeah, I, I also feel like that's going to be something a lot of guys are, are keeping in mind right now. A um, couple weeks away until we uh, could be getting a decision from a guy like Patrick Kane. Wise Kyle says the sell to Kane is simple. Want to win a cup and play with the top two players in the league? You come to Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, that's the sell to every free agent for the Oilers right now. That was the sell to Connor Brown over the summer, and it ended up working out. So uh, we will see. You Liam, you before we wrap. You can come live in the J-Dub for seven months and have mm-hmm. a nice little walk to the rink every day. It'll be It'll be great. You don't even have to go outside. I will go ahead and speak for our boss, Jay Downton. Patrick Kane, if you sign here, you can have the Riverdale Suites for six months. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, we can do that. And I'll bring you a coffee every morning. Yeah. Uh, One last one for me, Frank. Yes. (laughs) Uh, One last one for me. Last week, we spoke about Bedard and all all the publicity he was getting. And now, since then, even players are coming out saying it's like a bit too much. It's... My point on is, what did people expect? These first five games are in five of the biggest hockey markets in, in North America. This is obviously going to happen. What do you make of the players saying what they have about Bedard's publicity? I think it's really short-sighted. I think it's peak NHL. I think it's the thinking of, you know, 1996 NHL that is comfortable and doesn't need to do a lot more. Mm-hmm. This idea that someone else will step up and do it for me. I just, you can't complain about the salary cap being what it is and revenues being what they are and your paycheck being for the best hockey player on the planet, 40 million light of the best basketball player on the planet. That's your responsibility. It's a 24 hour day and speaking to the media for five minutes out of that 24 hours or whatever is required of you to show some personality, something different. And Connor Bedard has a lot of that. He is yeah. thoughtful. He says more than Sidney Crosby or Connor McDavid or whoever it might be that came before him as a generational talent. They should be leaning into that. And so I understand Taylor Hall wanting to be protective. And by the way, I've got a story dropping with Taylor Hall on dailyfaceoff.com in the next half hour or so. Um, he's just a guy that in speaking to him for a bit after opening night in Pittsburgh, he he's a man at peace. And you, that definitely comes clear in the conversation with him. Uh, he's locked in on being a Chicago Blackhawk and this is his fifth team in five years. Um, he really wants to be part of the next cup contending Blackhawks team and they're betting on a guy that um, yeah, he's got a heart trophy in his case and he's mentored all of these um, number one overall picks into the NHL. But it's a guy that also had five goals in a seven game playoff series last year for the Boston Bruins and still has something left in the tank. So I think it's a great fit. Um, I appreciate what he's saying, but I think they're missing the broader scope and picture here. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Nuge Lover is in and says, what is the record for most likes on an episode of Oilers Nation every day? It's got to be this, Liam. I don't think we've ever hit 262 before. Awesome, we did it. Yeah. yeah. 
The only other time would be the Matias Ekholm trade, and that was an emergency episode. Yeah, that was that was a filler one or a live one. Okay. Okay. Like I'm using my shot glass. I'm just gonna go straight from the old mm. bottle. Mm. Hey, oh, oh AB, here's AB. AB's in. AB wasn't missing out on this. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> buddy, like, if we're drinking, if we're drinking at noon on a Wednesday, I am absolutely getting in the picture and getting involved. Yeah, you know what? I, you know what, boys? I, once I start, it's hard for me to uh, not go into party mode. We might be hitting the Ubers to Greta here tonight. Who knows? Mm-hmm. All right, gentlemen, take a trip to the old Nick Bonino. Oh, hey, <laughs> why not? All right, cheers. To uh to the listeners. Cheers to two fifty. Smooth like butter. Oh yeah, and Frank's Ooh, bro. Frank's based in Lynch for one second. Now I'm a uh, guy. You're hardened after this Phillies. Uh, these last couple of playoffs, Phillies or Phillies playoff runs. Holy shit. Yeah, we've had a few parking lot beverages the last few weeks. <laughs> All right, thanks for hopping on and having some fun with us today, Frank. See you guys. All right, Frank Saravalli, our NHL insider for Star Mechanical. And also today, a little bit brought to you by Crown Royal. Just a little bit. Just a little bit brought to you by our friends at Crown. Uh, All right, giddy up. We are getting towards the end of the show. Frank stayed on for a long time, 23 minutes. That was really good. We got a a lot out of him today. Shout out to Star Mechanical, starmechanical.ca. Let's get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash as I get ready to pull up the DoorDash app and order myself lunch because... Ooh. I'm going to need it right away. You can use that promo code up <clears> at the top of the screen. Nation 25, all caps on Nation. Shout out to our friends at DoorDash. I uh, I used DoorDash last night, Tyler, in a Nation cold in a celebration. As my mm-hmm. girlfriend won her first game as a volleyball coach for a team that hasn't won in three years. So we used DoorDash as a celebration last night. So yes, Nation 25 does work very, very well. Yeah, uh, someone commented, Tyler already drunk. Well, you guys did make me do two shots before I've eaten anything today. So yeah, am I feeling it a little? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, Let's get to our menu for our friends at DoorDash. Just two games in the NHL tonight. Washington taking on Ottawa. Josh Norris back in the lineup for the Ottawa Senators. That's a big one. And Pittsburgh taking on the Detroit Red Wings. Penguins minus 125 favorites in that one. Over in the Major League Baseball postseason, game three of the ALCS. Tonight in Texas with the Rangers up 2-0 on the Astros. 6-0-3 first pitch in that one. Uh, Houston trying to keep really their season alive because if they go down three rip, they're probably toast. So um, a good baseball game tonight. Quiet night in the NHL. Yeah, shocking, really. The NHL puts together another poor schedule day. Isn't Wednesday supposed to be like Wednesday night hockey? Isn't this supposed to be like our equivalent to Thursday night football? And here we are with no late game again. Oh, it drives me drives me bonkers, Tyler, if I have to be honest. And we already know this. Don't worry, Liam. 13 games tomorrow night. One, two, three, four of them start at five o'clock. Actually, tomorrow's pretty spread out. Oilers are at 5.30 tomorrow against Philly. Uh, shout out to our friends at DoorDash. Holiday season, they can help you out. Order some stuff in. Do some Christmas shopping on DoorDash. Get gift cards and stuff dropped mm-hmm. off right at the house. You don't even have to leave your couch with our friends at DoorDash. Dash that. For the win, promo code again, Nation25. That gets you 25% off your first order of $15 or more for all of our new Canadian users. Um, All right, our bets for this evening. Liam, I got two shot props I like tonight in the NHL. Dylan Larkin has crushed his shot prop in three consecutive games. I'm going to Betway 
I'm taking him over three and a half. I believe the line is still minus 120. And Tim Stutzla, he went three shots, three shots, eight shots in his games. His line is three and a half, but it is worth noting the Washington Capitals are near the bottom of the NHL in shots against per 60 at five on five. Um, So I think Stutzla racks up at over three and a half shots this evening as well. So those are my two shot props this evening. Anything you like? I think I'll go with a Brady Kachuk goal tonight. He's kind of been buzzing to start the year, and uh, I like him. He's a good player. All right. There you go. I like that. I like that. Shout out to our friends at Betway 19 Plus. Please play responsibly. Nuge lover. Tyler, it's 1 p.m. How have you not eaten yet? I don't know. I don't know. Morning got away from me. Happened. I got to get a little snack in, too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Big shout out to our friends at Sports Closet, sportscloset.ca. If you want to pick up one of these bad boys or some of the other merch they got with like this, this plays so well on hats and shirts and toques. It's it's a really sharp look. Yeah. I mean, do we have the picture of the Heritage Classic, Aaron? The, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the stadium before we dip? Oh, yeah. Look at that bad boy. That is going to be a hell of a luck. Some people are saying it's too simple. I think it's awesome. I think it's perfect. I love that there's a bit more of a nod to the Oilers in it, right? You got the oil derricks and you got the pipeline underneath. Uh, that's really cool. I like that it's just kind of simple and leaves some space for the ice and the game to be more of the main focus. I really hope they actually have those little orange and blue lights everywhere in the rink too. I think that would be sweet. Mm. This is awesome. I think the NHL knocked it out of the park. Yep. Simple is sometimes just better, you know? I'm not sure what you would have done for Calgary. Just a bunch of corporate buildings, maybe? <laughs> that big ski jump thing just have that yes that would be big have you ever seen Eddie the Eagle the movie uh, no I have not but I know what you're so, talking about Eddie the Eagle yes obviously the British Olympian that did the, the ski jump thing I think that's what it's called mm-hmm. in Calgary uh, whatever year the Olympics that was and in the background the, the shot is just like they're in the middle of the mountains. But if you ever go there, like if you didn't know what Calgary's Olympic Park looked like and you went there for a visit, you'd be extremely disappointed with what you saw once you got there. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, big <laughs> shout out to the YouTube chat today for Century Mile Racetrack and Casino Races every Friday and Saturday still going on right now all the way up through New Year's. Like they don't stop at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Uh, yeah, Good way to spend a weekend if you're looking for something to do on a Friday or Saturday night. They got a buffet there as well. It is great. Um, Colton comments, 300 likes and you do another shot? Absolutely not. 277, good number, but a testament to you guys in the YouTube yeah. chat. You were unbelievable tonight. Perform One of your best performances of the year. Yep. And let, let me tell you, you've done it once. I know you can do it every day now. I expect the light goal to be hit. You've shown you've shown what yeah. you're capable of. You've done this to yourselves. <laughs> Feels like a bit of a slap in the face now. All these times we haven't hit our light goal. Like you're only doing it when we drink. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Luckily, we're gonna have Crown Royal in the studio every day now. So <laughs> that's what it takes. <laughs> uh Daryl Sutter in the chat. Calgarians will remind the world once again they had the Olympics and are close to the mountains. <laughs> There you go. I wonder how Daryl feels about Matthew Phillips. I think he commented on our show yesterday, or was it on Barnburner? He was like, I like this Phillips kid on Calgary. Someone should give him a shot. <laughs> that is very funny. That is uh, very funny. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Alberta Blue Cross, Sherwood Ford, the Giant for our giant victory points. It was nice to have a show where we're talking about a Dublium. Uh, mm. Star Mechanical for our segment with Frank Cervalli. He was great. Great performance by Frank today, too. Yeah, that was bigger, Frank, to stay in for 25 minutes. 
Yeah. Uh, DoorDash, promo code NATION25, all caps on NATION. Betway, also Cornerstone Insurance. Uh, Tomorrow on the program, we may have a new former NHLer joining the show. Yes, we will stay tuned on that one, but the email has been sent, and then we will have, hopefully, a guest on Friday from Winnipeg. Yeah, we also promised Bruce Kerlock we'd have him on again right away. We need to get Brucey back on the show soon. Did we? I forgot about that. Uh, We'll get him on next week. After the weekend, we'll see how the Bakersfield condos did. Or we could even, we'll see how the Oilers game goes Thursday, maybe double guest Friday. Oh, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm always down for a good time. (laughs) Yes, you are, because we were doing shots live on the air. Um, All right. Shout out to our boy, Aaron, pushing all the buttons behind the scenes. Everybody on the YouTube chat. Uh, no second pod coming up today for, oh, uh, new episode of Better Late Than Never. We'll drop at some point this evening as well. So keep it locked wherever you get your podcast from. For that, big, big shout out to all you guys in the YouTube. Matthew, Tyler is properly buzzed. Tyler Mulek kept saying uh, it's frozen veggie time in the Uramchuk household. You better have to believe that it's frozen veggie time in the Uramchuk household. I'm going upstairs to do that immediately. Great show today, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow, 12.01 Mountain Time to get set for Oilers Flyers. Chat with you then. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com.